Luke chapter 14. It's good to be in the Lord's house. It's good to be saved. It's good to know the Lord. It's good to fellowship with Him. It's good to fellowship with other believers. Good to have this fellowship and love among one another. Uh, God is good. It's been a good day to be in the Lord's house. We had a wonderful service this morning. And we've just picked up and carried right on tonight. Uh, Luke chapter 14 and verse 16. Won't you stand with me for the reading of God's Word? Luke 14 verse 16. Then said he unto him, A certain man made a great supper and bade many, and sent a servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. They all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I bought a piece of ground, and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to a servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes and city, and bring in hither the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. The Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and the hedges, and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say unto you that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. Dear Heavenly Father, bless the reading of your word. Lord, give me the strength to preach it tonight according to how you have it planned, Lord. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you give us understanding of these scriptures. Lord, I pray that you would just help us to apply this, Lord. Help us to be better soul winners for you. Lord, I pray that we would be the soul winners that would bring you honor and glory. Lord, I pray that we would sound our voice to this lost and dying world who truly the Savior of the world is, Lord. Lord, I pray that we'd tell them how to be saved, Lord. Lord, I pray that we would be concerned tonight about lost souls. Lord, I pray that you'd convict us stronger than we've ever been convicted, Lord, about lost people. Lord, I pray that we would love lost people more than we've ever loved them before, Lord. Lord, help us to have concern in our heart for their eternity tonight. Lord, I pray as Promised Land Missionary Baptist Church that we would be a church to love lost souls. Lord, I pray that we'd be a church to be willing to go out and compel people to come in, Lord. Lord, I pray that we'd be soul winners for you. I love you and I praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. I want to talk to you tonight on the subject of having motivation for winning souls. Motivation for winning souls. And I think it's safe to say that we could always use a little more motivation when it comes to winning souls. I want you to know as a child of God tonight that we ought to be motivated to win souls. We ought to be motivated to see people come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. It ought to always be a conviction of ours. It ought to always be upon us to reach out to somebody to make sure that they're safe in the hands of the Lord, to know, to know, to know that our family, that our friends, that our neighbors are going to heaven with us. It's not good enough just for us to go to heaven. We ought to have a desire for the people around us to go with us. 
I don't know about you, but I know there's been a lot of times in my life that I've passed up many opportunities to tell people about Jesus. I hope and I pray in my life that I'll never skip out on another opportunity. I hope tonight that God would convict us to the place that we would be motivated so much to see lost souls saved that we will never pass up an opportunity to tell somebody about Jesus. It may be in our homes that the door is open, that the opportunity is there. It may be at work. It may be at school. It may be at the gas pump. Wherever it may be, I pray that we never pass up an opportunity to tell people about Jesus Christ. If the lost and dying world is going to have a shot, Jesus is their shot. And if they're going to hear about Jesus, it's going to be through the church. And I pray that as a church and as individuals, that we will be motivated to see lost souls come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. I pray that I would never pass up another opportunity. I pray that I'll never pass up another chance to tell somebody about Jesus. It could be that the Lord brings me in front of somebody and I have an opportunity and I pass up that opportunity as I've done many times. And I've said many times, Lord, I'm too busy. Lord, I don't have enough time. Lord, you know that I'm too scared to do this. Lord, you know that I'm not really a soul winner because there's other things. May I tell you that God's called every one of us, if you're saved tonight, to be a soul winner. And I pray tonight that we would never get to the place that we skip out on the opportunity to lead somebody to Jesus. Always be willing to tell them. Always be willing to show them. Always be willing to take them to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. May I tell you the world needs Him today. May I tell you that our families need Him. Our community needs Him. Are you awake tonight? Our world needs to be saved. If they're going to be saved, they're going to have to hear about Him. And friend, we're going to have to tell them about Jesus. They need to hear us. They need to hear from the church. They need to hear from us individually. They need to see the fire in us so that they can see Jesus. I love what Larry Clement said a long time ago. He said, let the Lord do something to you so He can do something through you. I want you to know that people need to see Jesus through us tonight. They need to see. Now, I want to look at this parable. And I want to preach on the subject of winning souls. And Jesus was an awesome preacher. He's the best preacher to ever walk upon the face of the earth. We talk about great preachers and all of a sudden everybody always goes to Billy Graham and they go to this preacher and that preacher. Friend, the best preacher to ever live upon the face of the earth is Jesus Christ. That's the best preacher to ever preach the gospel is Jesus Christ. And he preached the gospel with so much conviction, but he knew what to say. He knew how to say it. He knew how to put it so that people could understand. And all through the scripture and the gospel, Jesus would give parables. And a parable is simply a physical story that had a spiritual application. A parable is simply a story that Jesus would make that His listeners could relate to. His listeners knew exactly what He was talking about. But all of the physical story was to simply draw a spiritual picture so that they could apply it to their life. He simply was illustrating something so that they could have better understanding. And friend, the Word of God is no good if we don't understand it. 
And that's what Jesus, that's why Jesus gave parables, is so that we could have better understanding of His Word. Now I want you to notice the parable here. And He gives this parable, this story, of a man who had servants. And he began to create this supper. And he had this supper, and for whatever reason, he wanted everybody to come to this supper. I'm sure this man had a big house to fit everybody that could come. I'm sure he had enough food. I'm sure everything was laid out. I'm sure everything was done. But the problem was, is there was nobody at the table to eat. And he told his servants, he said, listen, I want my table to be full. I want you to go out, and I want you to invite people to come in to come Come and eat at my table. I've done everything and everything is ready for them to come in. They went out. Three different people they talked to, they began to give excuses why they couldn't come to the table. They went back to the master of the house. The master of the house said, go again. I want you to go back again. And I want you to go invite everybody that you see in the streets. I want you to go tell everybody that they're invited to come in and sup at the table with me. You go tell everybody, get everybody you can. And the Bible said here in this parable that they were able to bring people in. Then they said, Master, we've done what you told us to do, but there's still room. Boy, aren't you glad there's always room. And he said, well, go back out and go again and bring them in to my house. Now, Remember, the parable is simply a physical story with a spiritual application. Now, I want us to apply this. I want you to go to Luke 14, verse 16. It says, Then said he unto him, A certain man made a great supper and bade many, and sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. Now the parable is simply this. If we apply this to the spiritual realm, the master of the house is Jesus Christ, okay? It's God, all right? Now supper time is simply a reference to things to come. A lot of theologians here apply supper time to the great supper, that the marriage feast that will one day take place. But I don't think necessarily that's what Jesus is talking about. But He's simply talking about when heaven and eternity comes. When the second coming comes and eternity is here for us, it's either going to be hell or heaven. And the reality of it is God has a place called heaven for us that He has created, that He has done all by Himself, and He's made it for people to come in and spend an eternity in heaven. Guess what? Nobody has to go to hell because God created a place called heaven. He's prepared it Himself. Nobody else had it prepared. He did it, but this is all that He has done is simply called His servants to go out to compel people to come in to his house, okay? Now, the servants are the saved. If you're saved tonight, you're one of these servants. Jesus is the master of the house, and we are his servants. And he is asking us to go out into the world and invite people to this great supper, to this great place called heaven. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm glad that I'm going to get to go to heaven. I'm glad that I'm going to get to to spend eternity in that place with Jesus Christ. He said, and I'm glad too, but now that you're saved, you're one of my servants. And I want you to go out and I want you to invite others to come in, okay? Now I want you to notice this story. This is what he said here. Notice this in verse 17. 
And sent a servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. The master of the house said, I have everything prepared. There's nothing that you have to do because I've already done the work. I've already done the preparation. I've got everything ready. All that we need are the attendants. We need people to be here. I want you to know that God has done everything for us to go to heaven. I want you to know that He has done everything for that for us to have a place called heaven. He has done everything to prepare for us that place. He has done everything for us to be able to go to that place. He said, I've done everything. All that I need you to do is to go out and invite others to come in. I want you to know tonight that we have a job. And I want you to notice what He said in verse 21. And I want you to notice a few things that He said here. He said, so that servant came and showed his Lord these things. You know, they went out and invited. People said, no, we're not coming. No, you're not coming. Let me tell you something. If you're going to be a witness for Jesus, you're going to be turned down. He's going to be denied. There's going to be people to push you away. And this is, this is what they did. They pushed them away. And they gave excuses of why they couldn't come to the supper. I've heard more excuses why people are not going to go to heaven. And I'll tell you one thing. I've never heard one good enough. Because I'm telling you, there's not a good enough excuse why anybody would not want to go to heaven. I want you to know heaven and hell is a real place. And I want you to know that you don't want to go to hell. It's a real place. It's a hot place. It's a place where the fire and the heat and the torment will never end. And I want you to know that you can't come up with a good enough excuse tonight to why you don't need to go to heaven. Friend, you need to go to heaven. But the servants come in and say, listen... Master, we asked them, they won't come. Now notice what he said in verse 21. He said, the master of the house, being angry, said to a servant, go out. Go out. There's a command. Go out. Go. I want you to go. There's the command. He sent them out. He commanded them to go. May I tell you as God's people that we are commanded to go. Why should I be a witness? Because the master has commanded me to go. May I remind you who we are. May I remind you who He is. He's the master of the house. I'm the servant. I'm to be obedient to the servant. A lot of people say, well, why do I need to be a witness? Because God commanded us to be a witness. He is the master. We are His servant. And we must be obedient to Him. And the command that He has given all of God's people, go. Preacher, it's not in my nature to tell somebody about Jesus. Guess what? It's not in mine either. But now that I'm saved, it is in our nature. Amen? Well, preacher, I'm just, I'm not one of those witnesses. Friend, if you're a child of God, you're commanded to go. Go and tell others about Jesus. I want you to hold your place there. I want to flip a little bit, and I want to look at the command that we have. Notice Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16. I want you to get motivated. I want you to be motivated tonight to tell others about Jesus. And part of that motivation, I think, should come from the reminder of the command from our Master. I I believe we ought to be reminded of what Jesus wants us to do. I believe we ought to be reminded of why we exist as God's people. Friend, the day we got saved, the Lord could have said, Okay, Josh, come on. I'll I'll take you on to heaven. I don't need you on the earth anymore. That's what He could have done. I wish He would have. Amen? 
Boy, life be a lot simpler. But he said, I'm going to leave you there so you can invite others to come in. Now I want you to notice Mark 16 and verse 15. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. May I tell you that the commission is given to us to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now I want you to look in John chapter 15. John chapter 15. I just want to be reminded tonight of the command. John 15. Sometimes we need to be reminded of our purpose, why we're still here, why we exist as God's people. John 15 and verse 16. Jesus said, Ye have not chosen Me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain. Boy, isn't that wonderful that He chose us tonight? Isn't that wonderful that He uses us the way He does? He said, I have chosen you, and I've ordained you that you should go. That you should go out and bring forth fruit. I have ordained you. I have purposed you. The purpose that we have in life, so many times we forget why we exist. May I tell you, God's people don't exist for the sole purpose of sitting on a church pew. We don't exist for the sole purpose of just being here. We exist for the sole purpose of going to tell everybody that our Master's got a supper waiting on them. That He has a place prepared for them. And our sole purpose of existence is to tell others about Jesus and to tell others and to compel them to go to that place called heaven. That's why we exist tonight. No amens on that. (laughs) That's why we exist. It's for other people to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Well, I go to church because I do all the physical stuff there. Friend, all that physical stuff is needed. I'm not going to shoot that down tonight. But let me tell you something. we got to remember church work is not physical work. It is spiritual work. And we can get so caught up on the physical building buildings, building this, building that, friend. If there's not souls, there's nothing to build. we got to build spiritually. we got to work spiritually. We've got to lead souls to the Lord. The only way and the only reason that we need these buildings is because people had conviction to go out and tell others about Jesus. And friend, I love building. That's awesome. That's great. I'm looking forward to this new building project. That's wonderful. But we don't exist to build buildings. We exist to tell others about Jesus. And when we exist to tell others about Jesus, then we get to build buildings. Amen. When we exist for the sole purpose of witnessing, then we get to do all these other things. Because it's needed to carry it on. May I tell you, your greatest need in the church is for the church to rise up and tell others about Jesus. Well, I'll tell you, church struggling, that preacher's doing a bad job. I've been guilty. I've been guilty a bunch of times of being a bad preacher, being a bad pastor, being a bad Christian. But let me tell you, let me tell you how church grows. It's not based on just the preacher. 
It's not based on just the pastor or the associate pastor. It's not just my job and Brother Trey's job to tell others about Jesus. You want to build a church, let's all go out and build a church. Amen? Let's all get in it. Let's not just depend on one person or two people or three people. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, old Brother Chuck, he's a soul winner. Well, I'm going to let him do it for me. Friend, don't do that tonight. Because here's the issue. You're missing out on the biggest blessing of your life. Because I can tell you this, the greatest day that I've ever had was the day that I met Jesus. The second greatest day is when I've led the other people to that place to meet Jesus. Amen? Man, the greatest day is the day that I met Him, but the second greatest day is when I got to rejoice with others the very day they met Him. Let me tell you something, child of God. If you never led somebody to the Lord, you're missing out. Preacher, that's just not me. If you're saved, it's supposed to be you. If you're saved, it's supposed to be. Hey, I know. Isn't it amazing we can go to games and we can holler and shout and scream? Man, I tell you, we get all in. But when we go to the store and we have some, an opportunity to tell somebody about Jesus, we can't even talk. We're so nervous. We're so, oh, He saved us. <gasps> what do you mean get nervous about it? Well, the devil's good at that, isn't he? Boy, we'll shout at a ball game. But we go to town and we're scared to death to utter the name Jesus publicly. Friend, that's, that's why we exist. We exist for the sole purpose of letting everybody know who Jesus is. He said, go. Go out. I want you to notice this. Notice Acts chapter 1. If you're with me, say amen. Please stay with me. Please stay. Because I want to motivate you tonight. I want to encourage you tonight. Notice Acts 1, 8. But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses. I love We'd stop right there. What is our job? To be witnesses of Jesus. A witness is somebody that has seen something. <laughs> they have a story to tell. May I tell you, child of God, we've seen something. If we've seen Jesus, we've seen something. And if we know Jesus, we have a story to tell. I'm an eyewitness of the power of Jesus Christ. You ought to be an eyewitness of the power of Jesus Christ. You've experienced Him. you witnessed Him. Now we're called to be witnesses for Jesus Christ. Now go back to our text. Acts chapter, or excuse me, Luke chapter 14. I want to go back to verse 21. He said, go out. I want to encourage you. I want to motivate you to go out. Notice the other thing he said. He said, go out quickly. Go out quickly. There's a sense of urgency when it comes to our witnessing. There's a sense of urgency when it comes to telling others about Jesus. We're commanded to go, but we're commanded to go immediately. I want you to know there should be a sense of urgency to our soul winning. There should be a sense of urgency when it comes to us telling others about the Lord. How many times have we said we'll do it tomorrow? How many times have we said we're going to put it off? How many times have we said, well, tomorrow, boy, I'm going to do something great for the Lord. Friend, we need to do something great for Him today. There's a sense of urgency when it comes to telling others about Jesus Christ. And the reason that there's a sense, ought to be a sense of urgency is because of this. Now, this is what he said in verse 17. He said, come for all things are now ready. Now, supper time was already set. The servant of the house, or excuse me, the master of the house, he set the time. But the servants didn't know what time supper time was. 
Okay? The servants wouldn't, wouldn't let in on that little part of what time supper was going to be. Now, when I go out, a lot of times, like you said, no, supper time is going to be 5 o'clock, going to be 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock. I know how to arrange. But the reality of it is, when it comes to this story, the master of the house never said uh, or set a time or told a time to the servants when supper time was going to be. May I tell you that as the servants, and he's our master, he didn't tell us when he's coming back. He didn't tell us when eternity was coming. He didn't tell us all of that. And that's why there ought to be a sense of urgency. They were to go out immediately because they didn't know what time supper was, but they knew supper time was coming. Let me tell you something. We don't know when eternity's coming, but we know it's coming. And the Bible says life is like a vapor. Okay? It just appears a little time. And it vanisheth away. Friend, I want you to know that life is short. Life is precious. The souls around us are precious. People around us are perishing every single day. Don't ever put off telling somebody about Jesus. Church, are you with me tonight? Don't ever put off telling somebody about Jesus. Why should I be motivated tonight, preacher, to tell somebody about Jesus? Because right now this evening, Jesus could split the eastern sky wide open. Today may be the very last day on this earth. May I tell you, there ought to be some urgency in our soul winning. There ought to be some urgency in our ministries. There ought to be some urgency in our preaching. Let me tell you something. Jesus is coming again. He didn't tell us a time, but He gave us some signs. Amen? He said, you look for these signs. And I'll tell you what, you don't have to be a theologian to know that a lot of those signs have already been fulfilled. And a lot of things that Jesus said was going to have to happen before He'll come back, a lot of them has already been fulfilled. Friend, the signs of the times are here. Jesus is coming again. The Master is coming back. Supper time has been set. I don't know the time. You don't know the time. But God the Father knows the time. Okay? And so we are to witness with a sense of urgency because we know, not when He comes, but praise God, we know He's coming. Amen? We know He's coming. Now, I want you to notice what he said. Go out quickly into the streets. Boy, wouldn't it be easy if we could just witness within these walls? Boy, I tell you, that would be great. <laughs> it fit me just fine. Man, it's a lot more comfortable for me to tell you about Jesus inside these walls. But he didn't say go in the church house. He said go in the, in the streets. Go into the city and tell people about me, friend... He is telling them to go where people are. Go to where they are and tell them about Jesus. You know what that means? That we go to work and we tell people about Jesus. That means we go to school, we tell people about Jesus. Everywhere, every opportunity we are to take, we are to go out and to tell people about Jesus. Now I want you to notice what he said in verse 21. Please stay with me. He said, go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city. And this is who he said to bring in. He said, bring in hither the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind. Now, may I remind you that a parable is a spiritual thing, okay? It is a physical story with a spiritual application. Physically, we think of these people poor, maimed, halt, and blind. Poor that's, Jesus is not talking about a person without money, okay? He's speaking spiritually, spiritually poor. This is somebody that is spiritually poor, somebody that is spiritually destitute, spiritually in need. He said, go out and get the poor. Go out and get the maimed and the halt. Maimed and halt is simple, simply ones that are crippled, 
ones that have ailments, one that is down. And we're not talking about physically. Jesus is talking about spiritually. Then he said the blind. He said, go out and get the blind. He's not talking about physically. He's talking about spiritually. Okay? There's a lot of people that are blinded today. There's a lot of people that don't see what we see. There's a lot of people that don't have the light of Christ as we have the light of Christ. There's a lot of people that are living in darkness. Everybody, please look up here. Come on now, guys. There's a lot of people in this world that are spiritually destitute. And they're lost and they're dying and they're going to hell. And please listen here. This is what the Lord, the master of the house, told them. I want you to go out and get them. These are the people that that are suffering. These are the people that are down, that are low. And friend, I want you to know that everybody in the world fits the description of those four names. I want you to know that everybody in the world fits that description. You say, well, that individual, man, they're, you know, they, they live a different lifestyle or they do this or they do that. The Bible says we're all sinners and we all come short of the glory of God. May I tell you that everybody needs Jesus. A lot of times as saved people, we get guilty of going out. Well, if they look like this, or they sound like this, or they have enough money, or they have enough popularity, I'll go invite them to church. If they're our kind of people, friend, everybody ought to be our kind of people. I'm glad that when God looked out and He looked at me, I wasn't one of them people, but friend, because of His grace and mercy and love, He saved me regardless of who I am. May I tell you, God is not a respecter of persons tonight, and He wants to save everybody. White, black, purple, orange. He wants to save everybody. It don't matter if they're in a homosexual lifestyle. It don't matter if they're alcoholic. It don't matter if they're drug addict. It don't matter if they have tattoos from head to toe. God wants to save everybody. And we're compelled to go out into the street to everyone that needs to be saved. That is the only requirement of when we look out of who we witness to are those who need to be saved. But I'll tell you what, when you get into that, you get into some rough people. You get into some rough situations, you get into some rough stories. But I'm glad that God can take the roughest, and He can take the toughest, and He can take the baddest, and He can break them down and gloriously save their soul. I've been guilty as anybody in this room. Huh. Boy, they come dressing like that coming in here. Boy, I tell you, you know, they come in here, they need to be this way or that way. Boy, we're going to go to church. They need to know that. Let me tell you something. Our job is not to clean them. Our job is to bring them to Jesus. And when Jesus saves them, He'll clean them up, okay? He'll clean them up. It's all right if somebody comes in here with a pair of shorts on. A lot of people don't have a clue. A lot of people don't have an idea. Let's not run somebody out because they have shorts on. Let Jesus save them, and I guarantee they'll probably go get them a pair of breeches on. Amen? Let's not run somebody off because they got tattoos on. That's all right. I'm glad God can see past that mess. Amen? Friend, it doesn't matter. We must go out and compel them to come in. Now, notice what he said, and we're going to be done. Verse 23. Verse 22, the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there's still room. I'm glad there's room tonight. I'm glad there's room at the cross. I'm glad there's room in heaven, friend. You keep winning souls because there's plenty of room in heaven for everybody that you lead to Jesus. I'll tell you what, we may run out of room here on this earth. We may run out of money. We may run out of this. We may run out of that. But heaven will never run out of room, okay? 
I want you to know that this is the biggest magnitude that we can ever imagine. There's enough room in heaven, okay? You keep winning them. You keep telling them. And he said, hey, we filled our, there's still room. We've been telling them this is what he said. The Lord said unto the servant, go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. That word compel is to constrain. Constrain them. That's so much more than just asking a question. It's pleading with them. It's almost to the point of begging them. Boy, that sounds bad, doesn't it? Constraining people that we don't even know. Begging them, the people that we don't even know. Friend, I'm glad somebody constrained me. I'm glad somebody stayed on me. May I tell you that Jesus wants us to do more than just say, Hey, how you doing? Won't you come to church? He wants us to tell those people about Him. And if they say no, listen, don't give up. I'm, hey, there's, there's times that I could just grab people by the throat and say, just get saved. It's, it'd be a lot easier. But it don't work that way, okay? But our job is simply this, plant the seed. Water that seed. There's one that gives forth the increase, and it's Him tonight. Hey, you pray, you preach, you keep on, and I promise God's going to bring forth the harvest. God's going to bring forth the harvest. I'm so burdened. I'm so burdened for what we're doing Saturday. I'm so burdened about the opportunity to go out in our community and give these invitations out. Because I hope and pray it's a lot more than just giving out invitations. I hope and pray that it's to the place that we get to tell others about Jesus. I hope that's just a door opener. I'm burdened. And I hope and I pray that you're burdened. But I've learned this a long time ago. I cannot force anything upon you. I can't make you do anything. Guess what? God can't either. you got a free will choice. But boy, He can be mighty persuasive, can't He? He can be mighty persuasive. I want to encourage you to be motivated about lost souls. Care enough to tell somebody about Jesus. You never know that person you run into may be the very last day of their life. And you may be the last person to stand in that gap between them and that place called hell. Would you tell them about Jesus? Aren't you glad somebody told you? Aren't you glad they constrained you? And they begged you and they prayed for you. And they encouraged you. Friend, I can't save. You can't save. But we've got to take them to the one who can save. He said, bring them in. You just bring them in. And I'll save them. And not only save them, but he'll change them and he'll clean them. Friend, don't ever be scared to tell anybody about Jesus. That is why we exist today as a church. As a child of God, we exist for the sole purpose telling people about Jesus. Now, I know this morning that we had an altar call, but I'm going to invite another altar call, a little different tonight. I want to have an altar call concerning this event Saturday, this event of handing out these invitations, this event of the opportunity of winning souls to the Lord. We need to be motivated. And the best way that I know to start that is by getting on our knees. And saying, Lord, encourage us. Lord, encourage us. I want you to pray for a few things. Number one, that people will be here Saturday. If you can't be here Saturday, 
you soul win every day of your life. Amen? And that's what I encourage you to do. But if you can't be here, pray that the Lord will bring laborers here. And pray the Lord will bless every single track, every single invitation, every person we come in contact with. Pray the Holy Spirit of God upon them right now. Right now, that He'll begin to work on them. That He'll prepare them for them to meet us. Amen? That when we get there, that He's already working. That He's already working. Friend, we need to be praying for the lost. Are you concerned tonight about other people's eternity? I'm glad others get concerned about us. And I'm glad they prayed for us. I'm glad they preached to us. Friend, church, let's keep on preaching. I'm not saying you don't. This church, we're building a building because everybody's been soul winning. Amen? I'm simply encouraging you tonight to let's keep on going. Let's keep preaching. Let's keep telling people the greatest story. Tell them the greatest story of love. These altars are open tonight. Let's stand very quiet, very reverent. The altars are open tonight. Would you come? Would you pray for this Saturday? Would you come and pray for Vacation Bible School? Would you pray for souls to be saved? Would you pray for God to bless what's going on here? That people would be touched, that souls would be changed, and people would be saved and come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ through this. Would you pray? If you have a decision to make tonight, would you come? If you're here tonight and you need to be saved, would you come down right now and let me show you how to be saved? I encourage you, I constrain you tonight to be saved. Come to the saving knowledge of Jesus tonight. Oh, would you come?